Hey, potential podcast listeners. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, then our sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. You can talk to your therapist in a private, safe, online environment at your convenience. There's a broad range of expertise with BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you access to help that may not be available in your area. All you do is simply fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in just under 48 hours. After that, you can schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential. Join the over 3 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Our listeners will get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com potential. That's betterhelp.com slash potential. Take charge of your mental health with BetterHelp. And remember, know your potential. Hey, potential podcast listeners. Let's talk about today's sponsor, Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked makes professional health testing easy by letting you get tested without having to visit a healthcare provider. You can order a testing kit that will be delivered to you in discreet packaging. Once your sample arrives in the laboratory, confidential results will be available from your secure online account within two to five days. These results are reviewed by a clinician, and a member of the Let's Get Checked nursing team may call you to review your results. And Let's Get Checked laboratories are CLIA approved and CAP accredited, which are the highest ranking levels of accreditation. So, if you want to avoid an uncomfortable office visit or prefer the convenience and get tested at home, visit trylgc.com potential and get 25% off your test using code POTENTIAL25. Once again, that's 25% off your test by going to trylgc.com slash potential using the promo code POTENTIAL25. Take charge of your physical health and well-being and let's get checked. Talking all things entertainment, pop culture, and nerdum. This is the Potential Podcast. Hello, welcome back to the Potential Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Dewar, and I'm joined by that groovy fella. Taylor Stokel. How are we doing, Taylor? We're doing good and you know, feeling um, feeling funky, feeling uh, groovy and um, just loving life. And um, I can't believe this uh, month has just flown by, I tell you. Whew. Yeah, September always seems to go by pretty quick. And uh, here we are now. Now it is officially uh, fall. Spooky uh, by season this point. is upon um, us. <laughs> yes. Although technically, if you're a... If you're an aficionado of the spooky season, it starts September 1st. Let's be honest. Yeah, it started September 1st in our house. But uh, yeah, it's now officially fall and we're looking forward to all the fall activities, uh, especially as the Halloween season does uh, come up 
but just, you know, we had a good summer moving on to fall. We got more movies and more shows popping up. But uh, before we get to our main topic today, uh, I just wanted to bring up a few things. First off, we just want to say uh, a big thanks to all those who have been listening and our followers of this podcast. Last week, we hit our first kind of major milestone. We passed 5,000 downloads on our channel. <sighs> Yeah, exactly. And the crowd goes wild, yeah. all three of them. But um, no, it's exciting. Like, you know, we're not uh, famous celebrities yet. Um, who, you know, just being on a podcast and everyone follows them. But we've slowly but surely been seeing the growth and uh, continued following. So we're excited to, you know, see where this podcast goes. You know, our joke in the beginning was that this uh, podcast has potential. We don't, you know, might find a title, but clearly, uh, we've been sticking with our brand and we've been digging it. So Taylor got to give a shout out to you, uh, with your hard work. Uh, congrats, man. We did it. We passed 5,000. So here we are to the next 5,000. What do you think about the, 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 the download count there? It's, it's a very humbling and, um, exciting experience because although, you know, we know some of you out there, many of you who have maybe stumbled upon our podcast or heard it from a friend, uh, whether you're in the States or based out of or around the world. And the, the crazy thing about it is we don't know who you are, but we uh, we know where you're from. No, we know, um, you know, doing this podcast has just been such a blessing. It's been a really, really a passion project. We, we don't get paid for this yet, but uh, we do this for fun. And it's been a great love letter to nerds everywhere. And also a testament to Chris and I's friendship. We've been friends now eight years, and this has kind of brought us closer together as friends. We're not going to pick out curtains or anything, but that's okay. But um, <laughs> no, it's just amazing that we've come this far. 5,000 downloads, a huge milestone. So thank you, the fans, the people, the casual listeners, or the dedicated people. We, we love that, and we hope that you continue to tune in and offer us feedback, too. Remember, you can check us on the socials. You can... Uh, leave reviews, especially on Apple Podcasts, or you can reach us by, personally by email. Uh, I do. Uh, we do check that email quite often because I'm hoping to hear uh, fan mail, uh, even if it's hate mail. Uh, I don't know why I sound like Seth Rogen. Even if it's hate mail, you know. Uh, even if it's um, we, you guys suck, you know what? Maybe think that, but hey, at least people are listening. <laughs> but it, it's a lot of fun, and we thank you for being part of this podcast journey with us. And then the other thing I uh, wanted to bring up uh, that happened that's sort of been a week ago uh, by the time this airs is we unfortunately lost a comedic legend last week, uh, many of which did not know he was having his own personal battle with cancer. He had kept that to himself, uh, which just uh, definitely brings more of a, a, a brave soul to him than I you know, even uh, thought of him. He was already someone that was quite brave and out there and just legendary with his style of comedy. And that is of Norm MacDonald who passed away last week at the age of 61. So I uh, just wanted to give a little shout out to him. You know, he's been someone that I think you and I Taylor have seen uh, plenty of through our childhood, uh, even with old clips of SNL and the, the movies and TV shows he's done in his own brand of stand-up comedy. He just all around was uh, a true one of a kind. And uh, it's it's sad to think that he's gone because he's still had plenty of time uh, to bring us more. So uh, shout out to Norm McDonald. Absolutely agree. Um, and a little shout out to one of our previous guests here, Justin Reppel, actually posted a very beautiful, touching thing. He actually got a chance to meet and befriend Norm McDonald on his comedic journey as a stand-up comedian. And just hearing the story about Norm McDonald, 
he was just a guy that was very intelligent as comedy and he knew he realized that comedy wasn't um it is it is an art form it's subjective and not everyone's going to find it funny but that's okay because you keep plugging away because there is an audience out there for everyone and um yeah just what i mean him being synonymous with the, the weekend update with him with snl and also to be such an iconic voice and character in his own right that he's been in, impersonated and whatnot um yeah, I really appreciate uh, being a huge part of us, Chris and I, not together separately our childhoods, but being part of us and inspiration to us as, you know, aspiring comedians, if you will. Yeah, so uh, sending love to all Norm's, Norm's family, but uh, had to bring up passing Norm McDonald. I appreciate uh, he that. certainly will be missed. Um, well, Taylor, you know, you and I on this podcast, we do a lot about movies and uh, movies are definitely the most and then i'd say uh tv shows and video games kind of have a tie for a second but a genre or i guess a style topic that we haven't really done a lot of is music yeah. um we did have our um we had our composers we had our movie uh you know composer episode with um our special guest jordan peterson but we haven't really talked about music as a whole uh which is and which is surprising because you, know, you and I are huge music lovers. Yeah. Um, we have uh, some styles that we both share equally, but we, we have our own, uh, you know, love for all different types of artists and styles. And I think music is such a big part of people's lives. And so we thought, you know, we got to do more episodes on music. So if you're going to start a music episode, uh, I think it's a very fitting place to think what we're going to talk about today. So Taylor, What's our topic today and who's joining us for that topic? Well, thank you, Chris. Um, well, it was, a, it was a tough one, but we knew that at one point we had to talk about a legendary, iconic, and one of the most best-selling and well-known bands of all time. We had to talk about the Beatles. And actually, fun fact is, uh, 50 years ago this year, uh, the Beatles released uh, their... Um, well, the last album that they released was Let It Be. And of course, it wasn't the last one that you know was recorded, but that was the last one that was you know, out there. And we had to do that. But we couldn't do it alone, as Chris said. So we had a special guest here who had the fortune of meeting uh, through my travels. Now, this gentleman has been a professional singer, performer on stage for years. Uh, he has a, his own tribute show. And he is, I guess you would have to define him, one of the most... Uh, there's Beatles fans, and then there's this guy. And uh, he has uh, performing on cruise ships and throughout the world, uh, also alongside his uh, also uh, performer, best friend, and wife, Colleen. Uh, we have today, and we're very pleased to have him here, Jesse Kazimek. All right. Well, welcome to the show, Jesse. It's so good to have you on here, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yes, we're welcome. So pumped about having you. And, you know, when I uh, talked to Chris to talk about Beatles, I was like, you know, your name came up to me first. And I was like, oh, we got we to gotta bring Jesse in for sure. Yeah, um, I'm definitely probably one of, everybody says they're the biggest Beatles fan, but I definitely, definitely can guarantee you I'm one of the biggest you will ever find since I was a little. Well, then we got the right man for the job. <laughs> I've been obsessed with the Beatles since I remember walking since two, three years old. And um, I even have relatives in my family who write Beatle books. So anything you need to know 
I've got it here, whether it's true or not. Well, we thought it definitely was like the appropriate time to bring, you know, this into an episode because now we're just celebrating uh, this year was, uh, you know, 50 years we talked about. Um, I know I was talking to Chris and I was talking to Jesse about this, about their, you know, actual, you know, released album, not the last one recorded, but Let It Be. And just thinking, you know, you know, 50 years ago was their last album um, out and just, just what, what a legacy that the Beatles, you know, had done. So really, we just kind of wanted to talk about, um, you know, you know, what, what an iconic group it is. And there's just so much to talk about. Obviously, we don't have like all day, but, um, you know, just incredible. Just starting off right at the bat, you know, for me, like I'm a huge fan of music. And I know obviously you are Jesse as a performer and Chris, who, you know, a stage stage performer as well. It's, it's such interesting to see, you know, where our lives at what point in our lives were we introduced to the Beatles? Um, you know, since you're our guest, Jesse, I'm just going to write there. You know, what was your first introduction, um, you know, early, your early introduction to the Beatles? Um, I remember being, the earliest I remember is maybe three years old, uh, discovering the Big Green Apple on the Abbey Road um, actual album, record vinyl itself, and being fascinated by that. And also back then they had, they were airing the Beatles cartoons. I don't know if you guys have ever they're horrible. <clears throat> they're not <laughs> the actual Beatles, uh, but there's something about it. I don't know what it was. And then I listened to the music and first grade, we, we all had to learn uh, Octopus's Garden. That's the first song I learned. Uh, and my dad also played in bands, still plays music, just not professionally anymore. And um, so he started guiding me through and uh, I always went back to the Beatles and I used to play the records and I would ruin them. Um, so probably three years old. I, I don't know what it was. And then as I got older, I just always liked the Beatles and just wanted to know everything there was about them. So, yeah, three years old. Pretty young. <laughs> but that's a, that's a, that I think for me, like that comes down to the music has always been around, obviously, all of our lives because we're young enough to, you know, they've always been a part of our lives. There is a sound to the Beatles. There is a, a style, even though they've gone through different periods of, uh, you know, they, they had kind of the more classic uh, four-man group in the beginning and then, you know, they got to the more experimental phase later in the 70s. And so there's always been a sound that you, even from a young age, definitely know that's the Beatles. And to think of how many songs they've, you know, recorded and how many are hits, how many are popular. And they've become such a part of our pop culture in so many forms um, that, you know, I can't pinpoint for me, uh, a exact time my youth, but I'm sure just naturally you would hear them on the radio. You'd see them in movies. You'd see them on commercials, just how, you know, constant you'd hear this music. And because of course, as kids, we hear music and we instantly start to remember lyrics, especially we start to learn words. It's not far-fetched to think even as young as three that you would be hearing these songs and they just stick in your brain and they never leave. So I'm pretty sure at some point in my youth finding out that I enjoyed music and enjoyed singing, I'm sure the Beatles were there, you know, from a, a young point in my life and then getting older and getting to know more about the group and more about songs and then getting to actually perform many other songs on cruise ships and other things. That's where it's just like, you're like, wow, to think of how many tribute acts are of the Beatles, like, probably i would say of all different bands the 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 number one most tribute acts are beetle groups uh you know around the world it's just like that's fascinating to me 
Well, and also, you know, think of, you know, the the era of music and especially, you know, the British invasion. I mean, you can't have the British invasion um, without the Beatles. And I mean, just it's it's so interesting to think, you know, for me, I've always been really into music and different kind of styles. And then I think as I got older, I appreciate it. But I never if I pinpoint the time I listened to the Beatles that really got appreciation, I'm pretty sad. But it was my college years. And it was uh, from a game called Rock Band. And it was the Rock Band Beatles edition. And I just remember I was on the drums. I like, got to admit it's getting better. I'm just like, here comes the sun. And you just see me like. No, and, and you, well, you can't see me because it's a podcast, but I was just, I had this goofy look on my face. I'm like, and then I just really just, oh my gosh, this is great. Why have I not like taken appreciation of their music? And to go back and realize that a lot of their earlier days was was mostly covers. You know, a lot of these songs that we associate, but, but because they were such an iconic sound, like you said, Chris, we associate those songs with them, even though they were covers and they were played by much more reputable bands at the, before at the time. Yeah, being when you said you were in college, when you discover them, you know, and that's Eagles rock band, you said? That's, that's yeah, what exactly, yeah. So old. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny, because a lot of um, people, they when they are just getting into the Beatles, they don't know where to start. You know, there's there's so much Beatles traffic out there. And I, I think, uh, like you said, with, with a lot of the early covers, like, oh, here's an example. So my wife, Colleen, she always thought, the song I saw her standing there was by Tiffany, 80s. And then I set her straight. But like even that, like as a little kid, that's that was her intro to Into the Beatles was by, by Tiffany. Uh, but there's so much traffic out there and people don't know where to start. But I'll tell you, just start at the first album and go all the way through and you'll see progression of that. And Chris, you had mentioned about uh, they have a certain sound. And I think what people don't realize is, is that a lot of the things that the Beatles recorded, that was the first time that it ever been done. Uh, they recorded Sgt. Pepper on four tracks, the whole album, four tracks. So they, they invented a lot of things. And a lot of that has to do with George Martin, the producer as well. Um, so you'll hear a lot of influences from the Beatles in other bands for that reason. Well, it's, it's kind of funny. You talk about inspiration. I mean, so many musical artists and bands have been inspired them over the years. And it's, it's kind of funny. I, I always heard this idea that, and what's funny going back to the years that they were active, they were only really active for 10 years. Would you think about the longevity of other bands like Rolling Stones still, still rocking, you know, and, and all these other bands that are still, you know, or, or acts like, look at like Elton John, he's still performing, you know, all these ones. It's kind of funny to think like they were only really active and then really original stuff wasn't until you know, that certain period, but the legacy is so huge. And it's kind of funny to think, I don't know if you heard this, Jesse, being a Beale super fan, you're going to, you're going to correct me on this stuff. He's already correct me on a few things already folks, which is fine. Cause again, you know, we are, I'm not a huge Beatles fan, but I want to, we got to acknowledge them, but I think it's funny. I talk about electric Lake orchestra. And a lot of people have said that their sound is probably what the Beatles would have been had they continued on through the seventies. It just the sound and kind of their more experimentation of music. Would sure. you agree about that? Then, uh, George Harrison, as most people know, were the best of friends, and they started uh, the Traveling Wilburys together with, with another great band. Um, and they, uh, Jeff Lynne and Bob Dylan, I think, are the only two alive. Yes, still, yep. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think I totally agree, agree with that. And you know, when the Beatles recorded Sgt. Pepper's, they were in the same 
uh, studio complex that um, Pink Floyd was down the hall recording The Wall at the exact same time. Uh, the Beach Boys, they recorded tech sounds and then the Beatles, you know, they were constantly learning off of each other and trying to outdo each other in a friendly way. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there's, because of the, because of all the mishmash of people back then too, you got, you had like Little Richard, uh, Chuck Berry, Buddy Holly, all these people, they all sort of did a hybrid into the Beatles. You come out of a faucet, which is what you get as the Beatles. I forgot what I was, I don't even think you asked me a question. I'm just going on. <laughs> no, and that's okay. That's the podcast. Totally fine. We, this is what we do. We record ourselves just going on little tangents. So <laughs> get ready for some Beatles moment. Yeah, that's going to be the name of the podcast episode. Uh, <laughs> the Beatles vomit episode. I think it's the Beatles vomit. Or it could be a good cover, cover, cover band. Beatles vomit. <laughs> They're actually, have you ever heard of Beatallica? No, I have not. It's a Beatles tribute band, but they sound like Metallica. So if Metallica were the Beatles, that's what you get. It's called, Be they have like three or four different albums, like uh, Sergeant Hetfield's motor breath band and uh abby load was, was another album <laughs> it's actually really good speaking speaking of that i think i'm gonna I gotta bring this up you know we we'll hear the term and we've heard the term we talked about british invasion but the big thing that surrounded the beatles was of course beatlemania and it's just interesting that they you know um and they always joked that you know you know the famous is jesus you know this thing is like the fact that they would be so this this almost like a cult following but it was like on a grand scale and this is before like social media and and everything that that they're this would follow them and that it would just be like people are nuts and you see those iconic photos of fan, super fans going like nuts they've got the pins they got the shirts and that they would be so um obsessed with them and this following it's kind of amazing that that kind of uh following was started this time before social media and something about, I think is very interesting. And I want your take on this, Jesse and, and Chris is that there, I don't feel like there has been a band that has, has been that status or been that iconic. And I don't know if there ever will be. And that, that's, what's kind of like, but you know, why is that? You, you know, that's what I want to know. You know, what do you think about them led to that? I think the bands that, that got close to it or still get close to it, are because of the Beatles too. You know, the Beatles were the first rock band ever to play at a sports arena, ever. They were the first ones and they didn't have the amplification and the technology that they do nowadays too. So I remember uh, I read an article somewhere where George Harrison said in, in an interview that uh, Vox, who makes the amplifiers that they use, they had to make them special amps that they were a hundred watts because they, uh, they needed all that sound for a sports stadium. And that's nothing if you think about it. So when you don't, whenever you see the Beatles live, you couldn't hear them. Um, but yeah, I think uh, no one's ever touched it. And I, people, Paul McCartney said this once, that people that try to say that they have are the ones that always fail, like Oasis. Clearly they're big and they're influenced by the Beatles, but they said that they were bigger than the Beatles in an interview somewhere. And you know, now they're not too popular. But I, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's bands like, only the Beatles can say they were bigger than themselves. <laughs> exactly, right? Yeah. I mean, there's like Journey was a, a great band. and uh, But yeah, no one reached that mania because it had never, sorry, it had never been done before, you know? It, they were the first ones to do it. So I think that's why they started up here and, and all the other ones have to get up to there and no one's gotten further. 
maybe Michael Jackson. I don't know. Yeah, think, think, of, think of solo artists. I mean, but not like a... a, a you know. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I mean, yeah, if you're thinking in terms of artist, Michael Jackson probably would have. And, and to think, though, like when he was starting out was around, you know, when they, you know, right around the time. I mean, he was part of the Jackson 5, but him leading that. Yeah, it's, it, that's very interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but, but band-wise, I think maybe Led Zeppelin did to a certain extent, but not, there wasn't, there was never Led Zeppelin mania, right? There was just, yeah, that's a good question. I, no, I don't think anyone ever has. I'm sure one of your listeners will correct me at some point. Yeah, they'll argue our, our, our five fans. I think it's also, it's unique to see the first time, although I'm sure there were bands before and like solo artists before that were, uh, you know, even in the early, you know, like the 1920s and 30s and, and so on that were, you know, popularized that way. But the first time we're really seeing celebrity status connected to a, a band exactly, and like yeah. a musician group, the heights of which have, you know, never you know, been seen at that point. And yes, as populations have grown and yes, we now we have much more media and we have so many more bands overall and social media is crazy we see this all the time now. Like we're just used to this. The, the idea that you're, you hear this music every day, you play on your record player, you know, nowadays you listen on your iPhone, on your laptops. And I think you could see them in, you know, in person, people love going to see concerts. I feel like that definitely was a huge evolution because of bands like the Beatles, where you got to remember, this is the time where like certain songs will be played in the UK because that's where they recorded and made. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, this, this band from the UK we have on the radio in America, it wasn't like people knew who they were. So like they're hearing this band for the first time and going, oh, that's a really cool sound. I didn't know that, you know, they had a band like that in the UK. And then they're coming over this huge, just craze. And of course, yeah, seeing all the footage you see in so many uh, documentaries and stuff of the, <laughs> the girls that would scream their head off and faint and all this stuff. And you're like, this is all for them just to even see a glimpse of these four guys. Not to, not to the point that they're going to get a chance to actually meet them, date them, do anything with them as with any celebrity status we have today, but just even the look of them coming off a plane and like, oh, I mean, it's, it's hilarious to see how <laughs> yeah. crazy they would get. Um, but yeah, I think that just, it's that celebrity status that is like, it's like its own beast apart from even the artistry of what they obtained. Like they, they got to a point where they probably didn't, even, you know, they didn't need to make any more music if they just wanted to live the high life and have money and never like they, they could have achieved that. Right. Thankfully they were all artists that wanted to continue. And, you know, and even they all with, were successful too, which is yeah. really and how, as how a group. Long? And then separately, which is, you know, a rarity, but also a lot of bands uh, don't see when obviously apart from the terrible loss of John Lennon, um, you know, it's like a lot of bands that have a group mentality and then, you know, the lead singer wants to go off and do their own thing. Most of the time, it's never successful. You know, they're always remembered for their, their part of that famous band. It's a rarity that the, the members all have had their own success apart from the Beatles, even though, of course, they're remembered the most from the Beatles, which I think that's something else unique that most bands don't, they don't get that opportunity that way. There's something about it, too. Um, I got, I was fortunate enough to see Al McCartney in, 2016 at Dodger Stadium. Oh wow! Ooh. Now I've been to a lot of concerts, and you know, and as you guys, I'm sure you've you've met famous people before. I didn't meet Paul, but something when when he busted into "Close Your Eyes," 
something about that made me instantly start crying. Right. I don't know what it was. I didn't, I wasn't, never thought this was going to happen. I would always make fun of other, of other people doing it. And I turned around and every person behind me is also crying. I've never seen that happen in any other venue. I mean, I've done shows and it'll make you cry all right, but, but for a different reason, you know. But I've never, and people, no one, no one passed out, fortunately, there. But like you see these videos of girls, whoever passing out. And uh, I talked to a security guard once who was at Chase Stadium the day that the night the Beatles played. And he said it smelled like urine from people wetting their pants. I'm not kidding. Who's done that other than them? Yeah, and no, yeah, no one. Well, no, like you'd be proud to admit, yeah, I, I beat myself at a Beatles concert. Well, right now at the age they are, but you know, yeah. that was <laughs> no, but that, even that, like, like I was, um, I've never gotten to see uh, Paul live, but a few years ago I was at Hershey Park, and the stadium that's right there, he was doing a concert. So as we were exiting the theme park you can see in certain parts out of the parking lot, the big Megatron. So we caught the last like 25 minutes of the concert, even though we weren't in the actual stadium. I mean, it's fully loud enough. You could hear from the parking lot and we could see the screens and there's just some Jumbotron, even the Jumbotron, Megatron (laughs) Transformers. Well, you know, mega screens is what I'm talking about. Um, And there's just, yeah, there's something of you're thinking, this is a man who, I mean, has had an incredible music career as a solo artist and just everything he's done. But the fact that he was part of this group that really now is distant memory, you know, it's like, yeah, we have him and, and Ringo still alive, but you don't see, you know, they're not touring anymore as the Beatles, like clearly because they, they can't. So you're thinking this is a, a man who's continued to do what he loves, his passion. He's been responsible for some of the biggest, most amazing songs of all time. So I'm sure it has that effect of like, it's crazy to think that he was part of that, which is decades ago, and he's still making music and still touring now. Like, it's incredible. There's a, I don't know if you guys, do you guys know the, the SNL story about when Lauren Michaels offered him a check for $2,000? Like, yeah, I, I, I heard, a, I remember seeing like a snippet of that, but you have to have to refresh my memory on that one. So, uh, when the Beatles first broke up, John Lennon and Paul McCartney didn't talk to each other for a long time. They were a lot of animosity towards each other, blah, blah, blah. But they ended up making amends, fortunately, before John passed. But um, Paul was the story, and Paul says the story is true. Paul was at John's apartment in New York City. He used to live at the Dakota, uh, 72nd in Central Park West over there. And uh, they were both watching SNL, and they saw that, and it was live, Lauren Michaels saying, and you can, you can find this on YouTube, saying, I um, uh, just want to say, uh, Paul, John, George, Ringo, I'll give you a check for $2,000 written out to you guys right now. You can split it. You can give Ringo less if you want. He said something like that. And Paul and John looked at each other and was like, let's go. And they, they used to wear disguises around New York City and walk around. And they were going to go. And Yoko called or something happened and they, and they didn't go. But how cool would that have been? But they almost got back together for, for that one clip. Oh. Out of a hilarious and, and amazing. You, and you think about all these, and especially now, obviously not just musical artists, but with um, the the pandemic and all these, this big resurgence of um, pop culture, you know, groups, whether it's music or movies and shows, getting back together in these reunions. Just imagine how incredible that would have been uh, to have that, because you know, to think 
uh, it just would have been the the craze would have just maybe restarted all over again. And the fact that their music and let's talk about just their music. Um, you know, look at the fun facts. That of course we know that's the best music selling uh, musical act of all time with estimated sales of over 600 million units worldwide. And still to this day, there's been resurgence of more, you know, albums being bought obviously digitally. And there's been now resurgence down vinyl. I don't know. I, I don't know if you, Jess, are you into vinyl collecting or listening? I mean, I, I have been, I don't have a record player anymore, but I really, I really want to. I'm, the nerd. I'm the nerd here has, I, I've been starting to get in vinyls, but apparently there's been a resurgence of people loving vinyls and getting that. So it's the fact that their music is still to this day being sold. Um, and that the, it was a 2004 to 2011, the group, you know, top Rolling Stones list of the greatest artists of all time and that they're still, you know, still selling to this day. It's nuts. Yeah. Like I said, they were the first to do anything like that. Like, I wonder if like, I don't know, say Dave Matthews band would have been around back then. Would they have been as big or, or, or if Rolling Stones did it first? I don't know. I think they were the right four guys at that time musically too. You know, they're all so different from each other. They really did. And then to think that it wasn't always the, that original, you know, four, that there was uh, Ringo Starr was the third drummer, I believe. Correct. Right. Well, there was, uh, well, Pete Shotton, which was the quarry man. Now I'm really going to show my nerdiness. <laughs> yeah, let's okay, see. Go it. for it. The quarry man. And I actually got to play with Len Gary, who was in the quarry man. He played the wash tub bass, which is basically a big wash tub, a broomstick and a rope that he nailed down. And it just makes it dim, dim, like that upright bass. Kind of uh, there was them, and then the Quarry Men, and then they split up, and then they got Pete Best, who was the drummer, who I also got to meet. Uh, how much did that suck for him, man? <laughs> uh, the rumor was like they they said the rumor was not the Beatles, but fans say the rumor was that uh, Pete Best stole all the girls, so they got jealous. But what the matter of fact was, uh, Ringo was in a band called uh, I think it was Rory Storm and the Hurricanes, and they're like the biggest thing in Liverpool at the time and uh they wanted they saw him and he was a great drummer so they wanted to replace him with him and you know when they, when they started Paul didn't even play bass I'll play guitar uh Stuart Sutcliffe John Lennon's friend from art school played bass and he was awful at it he didn't even want to do it so so he ended up quitting he joined yeah and then there was uh Pete Best and then after him finally Ringo and what's funny is Ringo didn't on the official release of Love Me Do, which is like one of their first singles, Ringo didn't even play on it because uh, um, George Martin didn't think he could pull time. They didn't have click tracks back then. <laughs> he didn't think he could hold the time great enough. <laughs> if you listen to, wow, I'm really going off on a tangent. If you listen oh, to, great. there's two different versions of Love Me Do you can listen to. I'm sure there's more than that now, but one has a tambourine in it. The one with the tambourine is Ringo not playing the drums. That's just Ringo doing the tambourine. There's a version of it without a tambourine, and that's the one that Ringo played drums on, but that, I guess, somehow accidentally got released as well. So um, I think John Lennon said, Ringo wasn't even the best drummer in the Beatles. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he I, did say that. <laughs> Paul played drums on a lot of stuff people don't know. You know, drive my car, stuff like that. That was Paul. Wow, that's interesting. Crazy. I know Ringo's always had kind of the the blunt of the jokes when it comes to the the group, yeah. um, but hey, you know he's he's been a part of them and he's maintained that spot. So you know at least it wasn't the part where it got to a couple of years and they they fired him. He's been he's been that fourth member for you know 
still to this day. So yeah, there's got there's always going to be one. There's always going to be the one that gets the brunt of the jokes. So yes, I know he had a hard time for a while, and uh, yeah, I think he had a bakery years ago. Uh, but he, but the, when they released the Beatles live at the BBC, he was on that, so he ended up making a lot of money from that. So if you ever go to to Liverpool and you go to do the Beatles tour, make sure you stop at um, it's called the Casbah, which is an old used to be a coffee bar that Mona Best, Pete Best's mother, used to own and run, and they had a basement. And that's really where the Beatles first, well, when they were recording, where they first started playing, way even before the Cavern Club. And you can go and tour this place, and nothing has been touched. All the paint's exactly the same. The Beatles helped decorate it. And the reason the paint stays is because it's all lead-based paint. And I'm sure I'm going to die from visiting it. <clears throat> but, uh, but Pete Best, one of uh, his two brothers, Rory and Rogue, I think is his other brother, but Rory was there. And um, and Pete Best sometimes too. They still own the house. They do tours for 15 bucks. You get a tour and like all the stories you could ask for. That's pretty cool. That is awesome. Yeah, I've never, my, my, I've only been to uh, Dover in England. So a huge, uh, when I get to actually do more of a tour of England at some point, of course, I'm going to want to go to all the, the Beatles sites and, you know, of course, walk the walk the street the famous street and uh okay, matthew street yeah yeah i do want to bring up okay so let's let's go into um do you as a as a longtime beatles fan is there um a couple songs that are that stand out as your favorite of, of theirs yeah uh, i mean they have a lot of great music of course and you know so many different styles within their years together but is there a couple that stand out as like have always stood out to you as like you know fan faves um, it changes by like mood, I guess, you know, um, for love songs, I, I really like the song here, there and everywhere from revolver. Uh, I just think if you listen and you isolate the tracks, just the background harmonies are amazing and how he, how he goes into the bridge, which is, comes out of nowhere, but it fits, um, that's songs I like, um, the night before, which is from the health album. I think that's the first time the health album. Uh, and again, it changes. I like Hold Me Tight, which is a song that Paul McCartney hates and doesn't even remember recording. Um, <laughs> and there's a there's a song that they did that never made it on an album. It, they, they originally wrote it for, I think I'm going to get this wrong, originally for the Hard Day's Night movie. And then they ended up giving it to Scylla Black to record. It's called Step Inside Love. Um, there's a couple of versions of Paul This is what Paul was doing. Um, that's another favorite of mine. Really, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, of course, I can say "Come Together." That seems to be everyone's favorite. Covered it and stuff, but yeah, probably though is album uh, favorite albums probably definitely Happy uh, Not Happy Road, uh, Rubber Soul and Revolver. Just, that's from when they were just in the middle of the sweet spot between like the bubblegum pop and then the, the weird experimental stuff that Taylor was talking about. Um, how about you guys gosh i know it's hard it's like it's, with it is hard because i feel like there's there's it's like, like, I, I like that kid if you're a parent i like yeah. the description it's the me. gum pop the gum drop pop like that that's yeah. so because a lot of the songs they're, they're the the simple like i also think it's like it's funny to think even even though nowadays there are still artists that make songs that are like two minutes long you know it's not you know we're, we're so used to three to four minutes are usually the sweet spot now for songs there's so many Beatles songs and like Beach Boys songs and of that time that are they're like two minutes long. It's like a full song 
and they're so short. Like I just started playing this song and it's already over. You know, it's like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, done. It's like, and I feel like there's a a lot of their early songs were like that, but they're so catchy and and fun. But I guess, yeah, it's hard for me to like answer, I guess. I was, while you think of that, I would say I like the, you know, Here Comes the Sun, but And I Love Her was uh, definitely one that I I grew to appreciate. Um, And I I got into them, like I said, college, but then... um, on my time on cruise ships, uh, we uh, a friend of mine had created this whole Beatles theme night, and he played all these different songs. And I don't know, it was something. It kind of opened up my, you know, my mind and my ears and my soul uh, and everything um, to some more of their music. And I really, yeah, and I love her. It was just something about that. Just the, I don't know, it's just something about that that sound. And again, like Chris said, the short, quick song. And I'm like, oh my god, I just, you know played it already 27 times and it's still not enough and i love her paul said um that was all george paul wrote it but the uh hang on here so like there's that he's got a guitar here folks you know that just just those, those three notes do 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 that was all george because they didn't have an intro to it so george just played that right mm. and that i think that's the most iconic part of the song and the little wood blocks ding yeah uh, but just a little thing mm-hmm. to song, it was it's a simple song but there's little iconic melodies and things that just just really grab you and i wonder if that's what did it for you i think it was it wasn't it was a kind of a combination but it is kind of the simplicity and just the pleasant sounds of them i think that's what drove people to it because and again you've got the inspiration by, I mean, obviously they all contributed something to their success, but you have Paul, Paul and John, what they both kind of brought to the table in terms of that mixture where, you know, John was more of the mystical and the more of the psychedelic and, you know, Paul was a little bit more of the, um, uh, a little, little just, I guess more of the kind of the rock and that, and I, it's just very interesting what they both kind of, you know, brought and then just, yeah, just the vocals and stuff like that. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's like, again, it's something you can't really describe. That's how, that's how inspirational, amazing it is. I also feel like a lot of bands have a lead singer and then they have, you know, the other band members will do backups. It's, it's, it's rare that you have kind of two singers that will take turns being the soloist and then you have the harmonies from there and i like that obviously this band was very much like a, if you wrote the song or it works best you sing it you know and george got to do some and then even ringo got to do some but there is something about those harmonies um that are just so tight and i feel like a lot of the songs that i gravitate more towards are when they have the fun harmonies like for example and this popped off in my head right now because we talked about sergeant peppers earlier Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. I love that song, but I love the reprise even more because it's sped up. And that was one actually that we we had in our show on the ship. And it's just like the quick pace with those harmonies. And it's just like so fun to sing. But then they do get into this, you know, like I the, the weird groovy, you know, loosing the sky with diamonds. And, you know, the to think like there are bands nowadays that'll be like, all right, we're going to try something a little different, but they always stick to their sound. 
the Beatles were a very rare band that got to kind of go into a whole different, you know, genre of music while still being the Beatles, you know, they're still, but it was like, if you listen to some of those early songs and then that the, the later songs, such a different style, like, and of course, a lot of that had to do with the, the time, the era, certain uh, substances, and uh, of course, all the politics that were going on. And I think that's also something to think about. I'm sure, again, there were bands before that were attempting this, but bands using their songs and music as a way to protest. Um, definitely, I know something that Lennon was very into, and clearly that was a big part of Definitely you know, part of the counterculture life. of the 60s, yeah. absolutely. Of how to use music as a way to describe what is going on, including, of course, the Vietnam War, and how to protest. Um, and these songs still make sense as a protest now, which is like crazy. Like, you know, years, years later, we're still listening to some of these songs and being like, they had it then, we're dealing with now with the new generation. So, yeah, very interesting to think about that. Even come together, John Lennon originally, he wrote that as a Timothy Leary uh, asked John Lennon to write him, uh, he's running for some kind of office or something. He asked him to write him a theme song and John did. And then he's like, nah, this is stupid. I'm just going to make it into this. But that's that was written for Timothy Leary, you know, the guy who came out with acid and all that stuff. So it's really, yeah, they're, especially him, he's very political. Paul, not so much. Uh, but they all did their fair amount of LSD back in the day, you know, when they went to India and, and all that stuff. But I think Paul cleaned up. No, that's not true. John cleaned up first uh, because of yoga, from what I heard, you know. Uh, and then Paul ended up going to jail for like a couple days because he was trying to get marijuana out of plane. And then Paul's been clean ever since. But, uh, but yeah, it's... it's interesting that that time period you know it, it's um i think they're right place at the right time as well yeah well and, and that that also goes back to that beatlemania is about them talking about how i think because of the prominence that brought a lot of the psychedelic and the the drugs into that kind of because kind of, they kind of inspire that and also talking about you the eastern spirituality i think that kind of brought a lot of that um around the world and um and also going back to, you know, talking about the, the distinct sound, we talked about George Martin. I mean, he was, you know, accredited as the unofficial fifth Beatle. I mean, I think his classical music training really kind of helped also inspire a lot of something different. And it kind of gave, you know, they're all kind of skeptics at certain points, but I think especially with, with Paul, it was like, oh, let's try this and that. So I think that's kind of like where you have all these, you know, all these uh, cooks in the kitchen, but they kind of just created something. Wow. Just, oh my gosh. I don't think uh, the Beatles... I hate saying this. I don't think the Beatles would be who they were without George Martin. He wrote, you know, talking about all the harmonies, um, even the early stuff. If you listen to songs like This Boy, it's super close three-part harmony, or it sounds like Because from Abbey Road. That's all George Martin. He wrote up, he wrote out all those harmonies. Um, they kind of came up with a few things on their own, but that's all George, you know, or the the harpsichord solo in in my life and um, the horn solo in Penny Lane. That's all George Martin. You know, without that, who knows what it would be? You almost feel a little flat, which is, yeah. you know, oh. in a little kick, little kick in there. And again, that's why, like, there's been other bands that have uh, definitely followed this formula of the, of the Beatles, but yeah. those songs with those harmonies um, and the energy to it, which they sing, especially the upbeat songs, uh, there's a great energy to their, their, the way they sing, which almost seems a little counteractive sometimes when you watch footage of like those early days when they're like on the Ed Sullivan show, whatever it is, 
like they're just so generally like they're so low just key. So, yeah, they're just when, like, when they play not in that not style any, and no head rock and nothing. It's and even too- Ringo, you know, just the the gentle Bob as he would at drum and think that even though they maybe didn't have to perform with uh, you know more energy than they needed to put out, that it was there in their vocals and in the musicianship. Um, and you know, obviously there are some songs where they would get to rock out a little more than others, but uh, that's also something that yeah, makes me think about them. A lot of the songs that they sang too, you know, Chris, you're talking about how they would take turns. Uh, a lot of songs they sang at the same time, like in um, I Want to Hold Your Hand, that's John and Paul singing the lead together in harmony. So they, they got that sound. They kind of sounded similar to each other, but not really. Uh, and if you watch them, this is completely unrelated. Um, Paul seems to bounce on like one and three and John bounces on two and four. So they're doing this on stage. (laughs) Hey there, John. How's it going up there? Uh, It's pretty good, Paul. Can't complain. We all miss you, of course. But I had to call because I just got done listening to the latest craze down here. What is it, Paul? Is that a new song? No, John. It's called a podcast. It's pretty groovy. What's a podcast, Paul? It's an audio recording of people just talking. Just talking, Paul? Talking about what? Could be anything, John. There are thousands of podcasts. There's more than one. Oh, yes. Everyone seems to run a podcast these days. And they all do several individual episodes. Well, where does the name podcast come from? I don't know, John. That's a good question. Maybe it has to do with peas. Oh, yeah. Or dolphins. Are there any podcasts about the Beatles? Oh, several. A lot of people like listening to people discuss insects and their daily lives. You're pulling my leg, Paul. About what? Never mind. Well, do you want to make one of these uh, podcasts? You know, John, I have thought about it. The only thing is, I don't know what I would like to talk about. I got it, Paul. What about agriculture? I've always been fond of vegetation. Would you host this podcast yourself? No. In fact, how would you like to start the podcast together? I don't know, Paul. I don't really exist. I don't have a body. I'm just a spirit and probably a figment of your imagination. Oh, yeah. How about we record next Thursday? Well, let me check my calendar. Oh, that's right. I've got nothing but time. Sounds like a plan, John. You go talk to George and I'll speak with Ringo. We'll be fun to get them on as guests. We do get by with a little help from our friends. What's that? I don't remember. Do you? Save that story for our new podcast, Mop Top Tales. Oh yeah. Hey, we're back. Thanks for tuning in to Blast from the Blast Records bringing you all the latest, greatest, and oldest to latest music. Now, once again, we have a deal for you. That's right, and we're very excited. Why are we excited, Taylor? Well, <laughs> I just saved a lot of money on my car insurance. That's great, but that's not the reason. <laughs> that's not the only reason, but the real reason we are here today is to celebrate. Celebrate what? Well, it's been over 50 years since the Beatles, one, if not the greatest band of all time, released their last album, Let It Be. 
and we have to let it be known that that was not their last album. <laughs> I see what you did there. Nice one. And yes, we have an exclusive offer that you can't pass up. Introducing The Beatles, The Lost Tapes Collection. Over a hundred songs on six CDs. And here they are. My toupee. Have you seen it? It was brown and gray. Had it on, but then it flew away. Please help me find my toupee. Remember this amazing hit. Hello, please. If you sneeze, watch where those droplets land. And please, if you sneeze, you better wash your hands. You better wash your hands. You better wash your hands. <laughs> and what about this unforgettable gem? Please don't stop and stare. It was a dare. And after all, I'm only streaking. And who can forget this little number? Kathy Ribby, she was a gymnast and then she portrayed Peter Pan. She played a man. <laughs> All this and more can be yours for $79.99. Call yourself a true Beatle fan? Act now and you'll receive a free t-shirt and fridge magnet. But until next time, keep on rocking. Well, I wanted to um I wanted to bring up so you know, clearly, once the band broke up, if you will, and uh, stopped playing together, you know, there was the years and years of them starting to do solo work and stuff. But then there were, there's been these, um, you know, shows, uh, movies, adaptations of taking their music in a different art form. And the ones I'm going to bring up are like, for example, Across the Universe is a, a very famous movie where um, it was almost like a musical movie that had all these Beatles songs in them, uh, telling this you know story of a lot of their characters from these songs. Uh, that you know these were the name of the characters. And the other one that um, actually I thought was just it was gorgeous and was amazing was uh, the Cirque du Soleil show Love, um, which was fascinating. And now we haven't had something like that in a while, like new. But like I know, like upcoming uh, in November, uh, Peter Jackson has his upcoming new documentary on the Beatles, uh, a three-part. It's coming out. But with those shows, have you seen? I mean, I'm sure you saw Across the Universe, and I don't know if you've gone to see Love, but taking the catalog of music to tell a completely different, unique story that you know Across the Universe has a lot to kind of parallel the time of the Vietnam War and that story, but you know, Cirque du Soleil being a company that it's not really a plot. It's all very much a visual experience with the music. But I loved how in that they did get to use like, you know, newly discovered audio tapes of them like behind the scenes and they put that into the show. And yeah. then, of course, restructuring some of these songs, remaking them to fit their show. I mean, as a Beatles fan, it was it was epic. And actually, there's a lot of songs on the Love album. That's the, what I listen to for some of, like, I actually prefer some of the stuff they did with that um, for certain songs. So uh, what's your take on some of those stuff of them kind of, and this has also been something they've done in commercials and plenty of movies and stuff of restructuring their material for new stories. 
I love it. Any chance to bring the Beatles to new generations of people is, I, I love. And I know for the Love Show, um, George Martin, when he was still alive, had, had his hand in it a, a lot. And they would, um, they gave him pretty much carte blanche, blanche to whatever they wanted tracks wise. That's how they were able to like, just get, you know, the show starts with because with just the vocals. It's yeah. Like it's haunting. Yeah. yeah it's, and they're climbing that rope really slow. Ooh. Um, apparently they redid the show not too long ago. So apparently it's even better. And, and they, and they, one other thing I'll say about it, what I love a lot of people don't get is, so John Lennon's mother died in a car crash right outside of his home when he was a kid. Uh, there's a scene where they have all these people have car parts around them and it looks like a car driving. And then a little kid is in there and the car just explodes and the kid is just sitting there by himself. That part really got me too. So they oh. were like little. Wow. I didn't know that. See, when I saw the show, I didn't know that. Wow. Um, but yeah, I love when the people do stuff. I so uh, the the things I, I kind of laugh at, and I shouldn't say this, but I'm gonna. Uh, I have a lot of friends that are in a lot of Beatle tribute bands. Some are really, really well known. Some are really good. Some are weird. Like they um, put on like the Paul guy who plays Paul puts on like a fake beard, like for like the Let It Be album and. Uh, there's one band where all the guys are elderly. It's actually kind of funny. I forgot what they're called. Like the geriatric Beatles or something like that. <laughs> the Dung Beatles. I would love yeah. to see that. Yeah. <laughs> totally good to see it. Um, uh, and then there's an all-female one. Anyway, I, uh, I always thought it'd be funny to have an all-minion Beatle group called the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, but anyway, I, I, those I kind of laugh at, but you know what? I do a Beatles show too. So, I mean, I don't dress up like them, but you know, just a love letter to them. But no, I like, I like when people do stuff like that. I haven't seen anything in bad taste. Uh, Apple Records, that's my wife. Uh, it's very, they have such a, a tight grip on everything, you know, so they're, and especially Yoko, it's super, super tight brains on anything with John in it. Um, there's one thing I did like that they did years ago, but they got sued for it. It was, uh, we talk about it in our show on Sesame Street years ago. They had um, like a fake puppet band called the Beatles, but spelt the correct way, the B E E T. And uh, they did a song called Letter B, letter, and then the letter B. Oh, the letter B. That's, yeah. that's smart. And, uh, and uh, he said, he sings in, the, you can find it on YouTube. He sings in a song like, If ever I can't remember what comes after A and B before C, my mother always told me letter B. And so, Apple Records sued Sesame Street over this. And so they couldn't, they couldn't do any more stuff like that. But that wasn't the Beatles doing it. That was, that was Apple. But yeah, I think there's such a tight reign. I don't think you'll see a lot of really bad stuff coming out. Yeah. And there's definitely with, with tribute bands. I mean, from my experience of, I haven't really seen many um, on land, but uh, I've, I've also had a few friends who have been a part of a few, uh, but Definitely on ships. I remember of the time that I was on them, at least saw two or three different Beatle tribute bands, um, different times. And a big part of those acts are the visual component, which is why they go through the decades of costumes, you know, the the early, you know, black suits with the skinny ties, and then eventually getting to the the very grandiose colored costumes and the the long hair and the mustaches and the glasses and I think a lot of people, they 
for a general audience that isn't really caring about the the extreme quality they're like oh look they look like the beatles that's good enough for me um but you can tell the difference of how how well they do play and how well they sing too that's always as as i am a, a singer and performer i don't play instruments but that's something that i always look at when it comes to a tribute act is um okay you can play guitar and you you're dressed the part but how close do you actually sound to Paul and John and all of them? So yeah, there, there's some I love. I love seeing really bad tribute bands. <laughs> Seriously, it's it's the it's the most it's like that's, well, that's what was more fun actually. <laughs> I think it's more fun. Like it's like when I go to watch karaoke, I don't want to see good singers. I want to see somebody or I want to see a 90 year old woman singing Alanis Morissette. You know, that's <laughs> you ought to know. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Well, between uh, the three of us here, I am not the professional singer, so I uh, purposely don't do well. I'm there to make everyone else look good, uh, and I usually do uh, '90s uh, stuff. You know, hold on a bit here, because uh, you know that's easy to do, and um, I like that. So, <laughs> you think there'll ever be a Hootie and the Blowfish tribute band? I'm sure there is one out there somewhere. There's probably already. Who knows? There could be a tribute. There's probably a tribute band for pretty much everything. Yeah. Yeah. There is. There's a. The best one I've seen was a, a Kiss little person band called Mini Kiss. See well, that? you should you should hear my uh, tribute band I created um, about a couple of years ago and uh, for Journey it was called Trip. Um, no, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was stupid. But thank you for laughing. Where do you? Okay, let's go into a little bit uh, a big picture here to kind of you know wrap up a little bit of our Beatle chat. Absolutely. Thinking of all you know when it comes to all time greatest bands many people would jump to the Beatles as if not number one spot somewhere in their top five of all time. And just in terms of uh, legacy contribution, what they did now that we're seeing this uh, interesting trend of still people liking the new stuff today, which is mostly heavily synthesized and, you know, auto-tuned and all this stuff. There is this, uh, you know, there's always kind of a new wave of people looking for the vintage stuff, looking to, um, you know, people going, uh, you like that Drake song? Have you heard of the Beatles? When, you know, you know, there's a lot of that that happens. Where do you think like 50 years from now, people will stand with the Beatles in terms of obviously those like us who, you know, will be old, but we'll be like, that's who we grew up with. We still listen to them. We still love them but like new generations continually getting this overly technological with being in their phones and their laptops and iPads all the time. Do you think the Beatles, these songs that are really are timeless and just, you know, groundbreaking, do you think they're going to have the longevity that they still do to this day? I think they will. I think what, you know, if it goes away for a while, it'll come back anyway. Um, like in the 80s all the synth drums came in and everything and everyone was all about that and you know ran around and that's that's great too but it somehow the beatles keep creeping in I, I i think it will i mean it's been 50 years now for you know let it be coming out oh it's been over 50 years since the beatles have been around yeah um, i think i think they'll well, and if we keep having stuff like, you know, the movie just came out a little about yesterday, you know, these these little like things that bring us back. And as Chris, you mentioned, I was excited you brought that up. This three part documentary series. 
uh, by Peter Jackson. It's going to be coming up uh, actually uh, November here. Um, that's exciting stuff. So there, there's where there's always going to be a demand or like you said, creep up or, you know, blast with streaming. You know, now it's I think it's going to be more. But I who knows if there would ever be a band that's going to do that. I think just because I think it's right place, right time. You know, they came out at a time that was a huge change, not only in the UK, but the world. And, um, you know, through through tragedy and, you know, civil rights and change and protesting, that's, I think, where they, they just embodied that of them just kind of, you know, pushing the barriers of challenging what music is, what, you know, life is and everything. So I think that's it's very inspiring to think that they're still rocking, even though they're, you know, they're not here altogether today. It's nuts. It's not stirring. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I gotta make money still. I don't have enough. Um, <laughs> what are you going on about, Paul? <laughs> I just had a divorce, you know. Well, Jesse, we thank you so much for you being on the podcast. And clearly, as we did say in the beginning, we we can't get it all in one episode. Uh, we'll have to do like a a, a series of Beatle episodes because there's just too much to talk about. But before we let you go, we do have to ask you our guest questions. So. These are just rapid fire, mostly stuff about you, like your favorite stuff. And so Taylor, start us off with our guest questions. All right. Question number one, Jesse, what is your favorite movie? The Goonies. Oh, nice. nice. Uh, number two, what is the favorite TV series? Breaking Bad. All right. Number three, what is your favorite video game or video game series? Probably the Silent Hill series. Ooh, he likes a bit of the creepy. Well, this next one might be obvious because we just talked about it, but there might be someone else you like. Um, do you have a favorite style of music or favorite artist? Uh, Beatles aside, I really, I have two right now. I like Martin Sexton and he's kind of like Americana acoustic guy. And then um, Lake, Street, Lake Street Dive. Okay. The greatest new band that's out. New all right, nice. Uh, obviously, you know, we're all, all world travelers here, but what is your most, your favorite place that you've traveled to? Uh, it's going to sound so generic, but I love going to Alaska. Oh, nice. Hey, it holds that's a where we met. That's, that's <laughs> a, eight years of friendship. <laughs> Gotta love Alaska, especially in the summer. Oh, yeah. Um, next one here. What is something that's inspired you to get to where you are today? I think uh, my dad when I was a kid and seeing him play guitar and stuff um, that just branched out into this and that theater uh, just, you know, as a little kid, you always want to make your dad proud. And then uh, the love of music, I think I, somebody asked me this the other day, I don't think there's anything else I could do. I mean, sure. I can have different jobs, but even if I didn't get paid to do it, I would still do this. And it, I think it's just the love of music. It sounds kind of generic but that's really what it is i love music so much i love it i love it i kind of in the same vein of there number seven what is the best advice you've ever received um never burn bridges because you never know who you're gonna work with you know from uh you know sometimes we work on tv shows and stuff here uh your ad today could be your director tomorrow you know or things like that and um oh and also to never um uh, never quit, never quit a contract. Never, if you sign up for something, complete the whole thing. Stick it through. Yeah. I love that. Well, 
I'm sure if you've listened to our podcast and clearly knowing Taylor and you guys uh, are th through him knowing me that we are uh, nerdy guys. This is a nerd podcast. So uh, we want to know what is your nerd level on a scale of one to 10? One being you've heard of Star Wars and 10, you speak Wookiee. Uh, not so much Star Wars, but I am through the roof. Nerd. Do you see this arcade? You got yeah. <laughs> I built that. Oh, it's the first I thing I built noticed. that. I coded it. I write code, so it plays every every game known man, known to man from PS2 backward. Um, I, I 3D print. I make video games. I 3D model. That's okay. So you're a 15. Yeah, so you're, you're up there. You're pretty. You're pretty nerdy. <laughs> um, I don't know why. I just I just like stuff. Man, we yeah, love that. Awesome. Yeah, cool. my nerd level is very. I'm, I feel very at home with you guys. All right. Thank you. Me too. Are we moving in together? No. Uh, number nine, what would be, uh, this is, it might be the same answer before, but what is your guilty pleasure? What is a guilty pleasure of yours? Musical guilty pleasure is going to sound really bad. I have a weird fascination with, with Olivia Newton-John. Okay. I don't know. John Farrar, freaking great, um, great composer. But, oh, guilty pleasure? I don't know. I'm pretty upfront about everything. So I, I don't think any of my pleasures are guilty. <laughs> no guilt no, no guilt no shame everything i'm i'm pretty comfortable i mean your listeners can't see this but that's my wife's by the way i have a it's a unicorn with butterfly statue wings. thing and, it likes and then right behind awesome. is an abbey road thing see we and it all goes back to the beatles friends it all goes back to the beatles we love that we went to go see we went walk across abbey road that's oh, that's awesome. awesome! See, that's that's yeah, a that's a goal one day, Taylor. We got to get that. That'd be a great podcast cover. Uh, we'll do. We'll do. That'll be the uh, episode yeah. cover. Well, f uh, lastly here, Jesse, and I got to say before I ask this question, I love that you, uh, whether you knew it or not, you properly dressed for this recording. Although our listeners can't see right now, Jesse is wearing a T-shirt with Christopher Walken on it. One of Taylor's, of course, go-to impressions, and it is Christopher Walken from the famous SNL more cowbell sketch. So that was a, a very appropriate shirt, whether you uh, chose to or not. But our last one here, clearly on the podcast, we love doing impressions. We do impressions in our skits and things. Give us your best impression. Impressions. Uh, uh, Johnny Carson. That was perfect. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> Sometimes I could do Michael McDonald's. Oh, purple hair. <laughs> Well, you'll hear it here, folks. Uh, that was Michael McDonald here on the podcast. It was fantastic. Thank yeah. you, Jesse. That was great. That was great. Well, Jesse, we want to know if any of our listeners want to follow you or if you anything you want to promote, uh, where can they see you on Instagram or social media? Uh, yeah, we, uh, you can find us on, um, uh, just go to our website, thatbeetleguy.com, all one word. Um, and then from there, you'll find Facebook, iTunes, all that other stuff. Perfect. Well, it. thank you, Jesse, so much for being on the podcast. We really do appreciate it. Uh, you are the, you are the guy. You are the the beetle, the beetle guru. So, uh, you are the right guy to have on our podcast today. Love right. it. A lot of fun, guys. Absolutely. Thanks well, again. Stay man. safe, and uh, hope we we'll get to meet in person at some point. But yeah. uh, until next time, let it be. Let it be. Let it be. <laughs> See you later, guys. Take care. Well, Taylor, as often as the case with this podcast, um, it's always awesome to get 
these special guests on and to talk with them, especially on an episode they're so passionate about. Clearly, Jesse is the go-to guy when it comes to Beatles knowledge. And we barely (laughs) cracked the surface. No, we barely cracked the surface with this guy. Um, like, you know, like you said, in the actual interview, there's no way we could do all Beatles stuff in one episode. You know, we're not going to, we're not quite at the level of these podcasts that go on for four or five hours. Maybe one day um, we'll actually get into that. But uh, it was great to chat with him. And, you know, I would love to meet him in person, get to see him perform, because I'm sure he definitely has a, a love and passion for music as well. Uh, so maybe one day we'll get to see his Beatles show, which would be awesome. Well, and maybe he'll be able to see you in the Beatles house because I know that he's L.A. based. So, hey, you know, so uh, be funny. They should have a they should have you have the Beatles house mm-hmm. and then next door you have the Beatles house. And it's it's all Beatles themed. They're just compo- you know? they're competing across the street from each other. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Beatles and the Beatles house. But uh, yeah, I-, I loved it. It was a blast. And uh, so glad he. Uh, was so fun him and um, uh, contributing to our little uh, mid mid episode skit there. Uh, those, you know, they sound you know perfectly like a Beatles song, but the parody lyrics just such a blast. So it is a great song. Uh, great great fun today. Great fun. Yeah, hopefully we'll go back and revisit the Beatles again because hey, you know what? This is again, as we said, an iconic uh, musical icon of a band that we're gonna have to keep revisiting over and over again. So. Thank you again for joining us uh, for this. We had a good time, and I hope that you enjoyed this too. Hey, tell us about what you liked about this episode. Maybe you, everyone who's listening to this, you may have a Beatles memory or a trip to the Beatles bar. What do you think about this? Give us a comment. Anybody give anybody any?